Hey everybody and welcome back to BRIM, a global community at the intersection of climate innovation and justice. Today we have the pleasure of hearing from Kavindu Idiriwira, who's from Colombo, Sri Lanka. Kavindu is a member of BRIM's Global Working Group and is also the program director at SLICAN Trust, a nonprofit think tank based out of Sri Lanka and also doing work in Niger, Ghana, Germany, and soon to be in North America as well. I look forward to sharing Kavindu's story with all of you, a little bit about how he became a delegate to the UN representing Sri Lanka, and also digging into his work building an accelerator program through SlyCan Trust focused on youth solutions to climate change. I hope everybody enjoys, and thank you so much for being here. Okay, welcome back everybody to Brim. And today I have an awesome guest and new friend, um, Kavindu. Um, and how do you pronounce your last name? I guess I should start there. Adiri Wira. Adiri Wira, that's great. Adiri Wira. <laughs> and um, I had a chance to see Kavindu speak on a panel during COP26 um in glasgow which is almost a year and a half now ago which is crazy um but then we had a chance to actually meet in person uh this past cop 27 in egypt um and kavindu thank you so much for for carving out the time to to be here thank you thomas for inviting me to be part of the the conversation (laughs) cool um and yeah i mean i think We've had so much time to to sort of catch up after COP twenty seven, um, and speak a lot of speak about a lot of different things. But um, it's also been a great experience to have you as a part of the Brim Global Working Group as we're starting to to pull that team together and and work on projects together. So much more to come. But um, I'm really excited for people today to hear a little bit about you and your story and. Um, you know, there's no better place to start than with where you come from and where you grew up. So I'm curious if you could take us back in time for a bit and um, tell us a little bit about your childhood. And, you know, maybe we can go from there, if that makes sense to you. Sure. Uh, Thanks, uh, uh, Thomas, for the question. So um, uh, my background and then how where I grew up, uh, it's... uh, not in a very much of an urban setup, but uh, I uh, grew up uh, back in uh, down south in Sri Lanka, southern coast of the, the Sri Lanka. So uh, uh, the education, so higher studies is the one, the reason why I moved uh, to Colombo, the, the capital city. But back then uh, I, uh, I was uh, more involved with beach, so my house is close to, it was a few kilometers away from my house. So involved a lot with the beach and then it was a good time uh, and very easy going and good time where we spend a lot of time chatting, playing in the beaches the, the, down the coastal line. But uh, with the higher studies after after my school uh, education, so I moved back to Colombo, that's to study um, the law. 
I uh, studied law as my uh, uh, for my undergraduate studies. There, I met uh, uh, my teacher. I, I went to we. I, I did the 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 UK uh, legal system, so the the UK uh, English uh, law degree. So there, we had a subject for EU European Union law. Uh, my tutor was Kosita, uh, uh, who is uh, the executive. Uh -huh. The, the the organization that I'm involved right now. Uh, so uh, she was one of the key reasons why I chose the past. But uh, other than that, uh, I've been always close to nature, working closely with all the projects. I mean, the nature nature related societies. Those that's that's back in the day at school. So uh, so here that was a quite a turning point where I also chose. Um, the environment law as one of my subjects there. So that created the interest uh, to study more on it. And uh, while I was there, then I got the chance. Actually, one of the Wasita's friends, she, he wanted to do a, a documentary on analog forestry, uh, analog forestry, agroforestry sort of a setup. So uh, I went with him to one of the one of the most uh, sort of precious uh, rainforest in Sri Lanka, that's Singaraja there on the area. He wanted to do a documentary on uh, lorries. So lorries is one of the, the endemic animals here in Sri Lanka. So he wanted to do a, a, a first, uh, he wanted to do a sort of a documentary on them. So we went, I went with him on sort of, I was more of a, in a, in a very supporting role, just to get to know the local people, help him with the local community language and stuff. So I got to, I got time to spend more with the nature, more than what I exposed uh, earlier. So that is one of the sort of turning points where I started yeah. very with the the nature natural uh, the the environment and so so uh, that's one of the actually and then went on to do this analog uh, forestry documentary also where he I think uh, shortlisted for uh, for a award as well. Uh, nice. That's the turning Tell point. Me. So I yeah. got this passion to read on uh, this environment and the, while I was studying environmental law and then more on those. The aspects of it, the climate change, how does the law work with these, uh, the areas, more that passion built. And also after that, I got a chance to be part of one of the South Asia, the the cohort where the, it was a youth network, it's called 350.org, you might have heard of, uh, they yeah. arranged um, youth uh, uh, training for trainers workshop where I also I applied and then I got selected uh, uh, by I think they would have reviewed my application and then they, where I had to sort of give them the opinion and how I look at these aspects these aspects so that was one of the key turning points where I was I, I uh, started working on the climate change aspects so where I got to know about the technical know-how what to uh, read uh, what do I have to read on so that, that's one of the turning points that I, I would say awesome. so the, thereafter a lot of things happen I think <laughs> story about uh, now 12 11 years close to 11 or 12 years ago story that's how it started okay. then after that I got a chance to be part of the COP 18 
that was in Doha. So that's first the COP experience that I was exposed. And then there I met a lot of youth people, young people. We are like-minded young people. We are, they do a lot of things. That's the starting point. And then uh, Amazing. I can sort of uh, <laughs> tell you the whole story starting from there and how it's like and trust. It's like and started. So I joined yeah. the like and um, the movement, it was a youth movement initially, a Sri Lanka uh, mm-hmm. Climate Action Network. Uh, that was a youth movement. And then it went on to become a civil society. Now it's uh, exists as a think tank. We work a lot right. on uh, evidence-based research work policy uh, work and also capacity building I, it's a long story that i can <laughs> that's a 10 year story 10 to 11 year story but i'm not taking too much time to <laughs> no that's, uh, great. that's a great place to start and thank yeah. you for for walking us through a little bit of that history i'm very jealous of your um your experience going into the rainforest as well that sounds <laughs> like an incredible you know introduction into the yes into you should the come over there are there are a lot of i think uh a lot of diversity uh, in in Sri Lanka. It's, a, it's an island where you. I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of tourists are coming to, down to Sri Lanka. There's a lot of diversity. I mean, within two to three hours, you can see a lot of difference. The diversity wise, the change in the biodiversity aspect. You mm-hmm. can go from a wet zone to a dry zone within a four or four three or four hour drive. Amazing. So completely different uh, environment than here and the cool climate and the coastal. It's it's a very much of a diverse country where you can experience a lot of things. Yeah, that's incredible. And it's it's so different than than where I grew up in New York City. <laughs> um it's an amazing, an amazing story. And I think especially for, for Sri Lanka, like you said, um the country is blessed with so much biodiversity and it's such an important um, country in the scope of the world's climate change and the climate challenge. Um, You know, a lot of, a lot of the experience that I've had with you is thinking about how do you work with local communities? Like you said, in Sri Lanka to learn about some of the stuff that they are experiencing in terms of challenges to do with climate change, but then, also really engaging with them to to hear about what amazingly creative solutions that the local communities are building, right? And I think that that is where a lot of our connection around Brim and Slycan seems to be intersecting, right? So may, maybe that's a good introduction into some of the work you're doing with Slycan. Um, you mentioned it briefly, but it's a nonprofit think tank, right? Working on research. <laughs> Um, but you also have this amazing accelerator program called Ethical X. So I'll, I'll let you describe SlyCan however you'd like to, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the work you're doing, um, you know, on the research side, but then, you know, definitely some of the work you're doing with, with the youth um, and with the Ethical X accelerator as well. As I mentioned earlier, it started uh, as, a, as a youth movement uh, called like and earlier stands for Sri Lanka Youth Climate Action Network. That's how it started. And then it was uh-huh. youth where we worked a lot on the capacity building aspect, uh, having these technical and capacity building sessions for youth to be part of this, uh, to be a part of the solution uh, for what we all 
working towards uh, so that's the moment and then we uh, became a civil society entity where we work a lot with the uh, the, the communities uh, ground grassroots communities also mainly on the, the capacity building aspects back in the day and then we went on to become a think tank entity where we mainly focus on the the policy aspects of it we work a lot with the 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 streams of university the 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 work and then uh, we work in line with a lot of the processes at the university and also when it comes to the research work so we do a lot of evidence-based research work we wanted to sort of when we do any any policy study or anything we always wanted to back it up with some evidence-based research work we are it carries a lot of weight when you when you rather than putting forward the uh the policy or the the research work uh, the policy studies it's always carry a lot of weight when you do it uh, with the evidence-based research work so uh so that we are working on and also i Bosita has been in the uh, the negotiation process for a long time so i got the opportunity i think three times to be part of the uh, the national delegation. So last time I was involved uh, 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 in the negotiation work on uh, action for climate empowerment and also the uh, uh, impacts of response measures one. Um, uh, so there are two, 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 two agenda tracks. So I've been part of the, the, the negotiation process where we, and particularly the ACE fund is very much uh, close to us as we do a lot of capacity building work mainly with the with youth yeah uh, so what the... i'm just sorry to interrupt kavindu but i have a quick question because I, I think this is something i wonder a lot about but i also hear a lot of confusion across the world about what is capacity building right i mean especially from the programs that you run like wh what does that mean for you um, and SlyCan, as you work with youth, as you work with entrepreneurs, we work with policy, like what does capacity building mean in your work? Well, it can be described in the different folds, I would say. So let's when it comes to the, the youth, youth aspect, so we work a lot with these pillars of uh, the ACE, where Action for Climate Empowerment, there are six pillars where we focus on the training uh, uh, access for information and also uh, international uh, uh, the cooperation. There are a lot of uh, there are six pillars that we work on the education aspect. Uh, this uh, all on uh, the climate aspect, uh, action for climate empowerment. So those aspect we are now even after the the um, the COP session we had about I think close to three sessions, including the pre COP session. We had three sessions, mainly focusing on these ACE elements how to implement these uh, things at local level what we what we discuss at the uh, the policy uh, tables what we discuss at the negotiation tables how are these activities can be taken into the the ground level action how to how to be part how you can be part of this policy making process how can they involve in these national policy making processes so that what we want as capacity building of the youth they may have the idea of the impacts of the adverse impacts of the climate change but they might not know the technicalities of what they are talking about well, they might not know the word climate change or the adverse but they know about the adverse impacts of it even even at the ground grassroots level the communities they know the impacts of it uh 
but uh, they don't know the technical details how it connects to the these processes how can they be part of the part of the uh the the, the these policy making so that they can give their own experience lessons learned from their previous experiences uh, so that's what we see. I mean, when it comes to the youth aspect, when it goes to the community aspect, the pharma aspect, so there are a lot of folks. I mean, we've been doing a lot of research work down in a uh, 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 lot of with the farmers, agriculture sector people in the agriculture sector, the food system sector. Uh, districts like Anuradhapura, Trincomalee, that's it's a, a north central part of the country and the eastern part of the, the, the province of the country. So they they face they 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 are very vulnerable communities well what we have here they are uh, facing a lot of adverse impacts of climate change but they don't know technical know-how and how to respond to these things uh so they have been following the tradition i'm not telling the traditional um, indigenous knowledge is not important but they have been they uh the what the they they are uh, lacking the application of how to face these uh, impacts so those are the things that we do as capacity building work for them. Uh, when it comes to the agriculture, let's say the these things what we discuss at the negotiation table on the economic empowerment aspects, the economic diversification aspect that they can uh, work on to address these issues. Let's say we speak about the loss and damage, um, non-economic loss and damage. Those things they may not know, but. Oh, what we see uh, we, we see these issues uh, when we are dealing with this so that's the aspect and also the entrepreneurship angle also i can um, speak about but uh, uh, sorry I, I didn't see you understand <laughs> <laughs> no that that's perfect and i um i think the the entrepreneur angle is a great place to go next especially within the accelerator program because i you know one of the things that i've heard from you um and learn from you about your work is you are combining, especially within this ethical X accelerator, um, you know, indigenous knowledge from communities, like you said, the grassroots communities. Um, but then there's also this capacity building where you're enabling them to figure out how they plug into a larger solution, which I think is really exciting. Um, and especially around the systems and tell me if I'm wrong here, but food fashion um also like tourism i believe and yes. um, like waste systems a circular economy is that right that's good so we uh, uh the ethical ethics program itself so that's that also came out as, as, a, as a think tank we we were focusing a lot on this policy work uh evidence-based research work and and general the capacity building work something that this the word the entrepreneurship is not so much common to a uh, the think tank where we, we we can do research work but actual implementation sort of a setup is not so common to a think tank but this came as a need when we work with uh, these grassroots level people and when we are doing this data collection related to these fields we saw the, the, this need sort of starting from the economic empowerment aspect, also economic diversification aspect, when you go to these, uh, the, the, these areas, rural areas. So uh, as a result, we thought that uh, uh, it is also an angle that we are also working on this policy aspect. So we thought of how to 
get these entrepreneurs, uh, emerging entrepreneurs, existing businesses, how to get them to sort of shift, to transform their existing businesses into more of ethical, sustainable, and climate-friendly aspect. How to how to transform the existing businesses while they are uh, while making um, making empower making building their capacities on these these aspects. So that's the main target. That's the main uh, intention of having this launching this program. So yeah. uh, so we we so there are a lot of potential individuals in the we we had a, we started as at an accelerator program and then we went on to create a climate and innovation hub so it's it's on the national level and also the local regional level and also the local level we wanted to go to the uh, the this grassroots level this this idea all the uh, this idea came out from the from the data and the when we speak to these grassroots people so we want to take it not to not to the the not to the uh, the the crowd that are aware about these aspects though they may not implement these ones but they are aware but we won't take these concepts to the to the ground level the people at the ground level entrepreneurs so that's the result that we want to have these climate and innovation hubs at the ground level mm. so recently i visited one of the one of the areas that we worked on and then we speak about the government setup so they they offered us to set up a office space where we can have constant uh, training programs the capacity building sessions on these aspects so that's what the ethical is mostly about we are strengthening the uh, economic conditions while giving them the technical know-how to transform the existing the the businesses into more of uh, these ethical climate friendly sustainable means so food system and fashion well, we have a lot of responses and there are a lot of people who are involved. We actually have a cohort where we constantly uh, working with them, uh, build their technical capacities with the with the with the help of the experts. We have been giving them the technical know how to do this as well as we are going taking it to the ground level. Amazing. Can you give a couple examples of some of the uh, the entrepreneurs that are a part of the accelerator if you don't mind I, I i've seen a couple of videos and you guys do a great job of producing these you know 30 second to one minute videos on each entrepreneur and posting them on linkedin and through a, a bunch of your other pages but um, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah if you could share about a few that'd be awesome yeah we i i should be able to sort of share a couple of a couple of uh, case uh, not case studies uh a couple of these examples uh, where yeah. uh, how uh, we have been working closely with them. Uh, they are mostly the uh, the people with existing businesses where they wanted to kind of transform their businesses into these aspects. But initially, also it, it it is very. I mean, if they don't have the passion to to drive to do this transformation, it's it's very difficult. But this this cohort members they have this passion. They want to learn new things, the the new technicalities, and how to, and they want to build their capacities on these aspects. So there are a lot of uh, the, the entrepreneurs starting from the food systems who are working mainly. We are we were focusing mainly on the plant based aspects, and also uh, we uh, we wanted to sort of give them the, the technical uh, expertise on uh, finding these alternative protein options, plant-based option or plant-based alternative options where we can 
uh, give them uh, the technical know-how where they can uh, create more food options on the plant-based and the solutions for the, the protein options through the plant-based uh, product. Uh, that's that's uh, something that we, we, we are also at the moment doing uh, the research work on these aspects, uh, ordinary protein uh, options, and also we are getting uh, these people to uh, get us more sort of innovative um, uh, business uh, the studies or business models where they can produce these uh, ones. And also in the fashion sector, we have been working a lot with these uh, people and people who are upcycling the, the, the fashion, how to uh, upcycle the, 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 the fashion sector, how to work on these upcycling work and then how they can uh, reach new markets where they have the uh, for the markets and also on, uh, uh, on that's also sort of merging with the waste management aspect as well how to how to upcycle these uh, the products and find these creative markets there are a lot of uh, 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 examples in the fashion sector as well where they they have found a lot of international market uh, to send out export uh, their items but uh, using these uh, using these uh, uh the aspects to for their production amazing yeah and i i think that was actually back when i first heard you speak on the panel at cop 26 the fashion and the food systems were the two focuses that you were really highlighting on the panel so it's it's really exciting and i think you were just starting ethical x um when you were on that panel so it's really cool to see how that there was, there's, a, there's a lot of progress uh, from <laughs> yeah. what I, when I uh, that was on, in in Glasgow where we had this this panel discussion mainly on the fashion industry and then how yeah. this the just transition work affects the fashion industry because mm-hmm. Sri Lanka is a is a station where we have lot uh, our economy is lot depending on these exports the fashion sector exports uh, so transforming this sector. Uh, into more, more, more of a it's a it's a stable sector. I mean, um, during the past few uh, few months, we had a sort of a economic recession after even the COVID and stuff. There's a lot going on here, even though the sector has been supporting a lot to find the 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 foreign exchange to us uh, to sustain our day to day needs of the country. Even even going through. Uh, economic recession even after covid even during the covid uh times the sector has been providing a lot of foreign exchange so it's a, it's a very tricky sector that uh, yeah people sort of transform so uh this fashion uh, charter university fashion charter they, we we are giving them the sort of certain elements of it how to it's it's not all about transforming the industry to 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 be more into these concepts but there are certain elements that they can work on even when you take it out uh, from the university fashion charter yeah can be the energy energy aspect of the their industry can be the material that they how they source it there are different uh there are different uh, aspects to it so that mm-hmm. they, those are the ones that we uh are focused, uh, on, to start. focused yeah. on uh this during the glasgow one awesome yeah, and it's it's really exciting to see that all come together. You know, I, I also love, you know, this the structure and the model that SlyCan has built 
of sort of starting out as a youth movement, you know, transitioning and evolving into a think tank, but then also realizing that you guys wanted to be doing work beyond just research. So now there's this accelerator. And that's definitely, I think, I've learned a lot from you um, when I've been thinking about BRIM as well, because, you know, one of the models we're thinking about going into this year is this think and do tank, right? Where you you want to be storytelling and producing research that's evidence-based. Um, but then the challenge becomes, how do you translate those stories into projects that are actually out there in the world happening? And how do you focus on certain elements that are actually important to local communities? And you have highlighted food, fashion, and the circular economy, and I think uh, tourism as well. So it's it's really, it's been exciting and inspirational to to see how you guys have evolved that. The last thing that I wanted to ask you about, you've been so so generous with your time today, um, is that you, you've been building this movement in Sri Lanka, you know, SLICAN, Sri Lanka Youth um, Climate Action Network. I actually don't think I knew what that stood for <laughs> before this, but that's great. Um, but you're not just doing work in Sri Lanka, right? And you're, you're finding ways, especially recently, to expand the work and expand this model to other countries like Ghana and Niger and Germany and the Maldives, I think you said, right? Can you can you talk a little bit about how you're thinking through making this a global movement? Because I think that's also a big challenge in this space is it's easy to think about doing things on a small, you know, local scale, but how do you how do you think about scaling that to a, you know, to address a global challenge like we have? Uh, so one of the one of the the reasons uh, the, the why the ethical leaks starting from um, from an accelerator but becoming a sort of a climate and innovation hub the concept we wanted to sort of replicate this concept in a different uh, different regions so that's one of the key reasons why we want to start uh, our our work at Niger. Uh, because we also pitch this idea to them and when we meet at uh, the, the these sessions and they they welcome this and also that's one of the we also had the first uh, event uh, i think uh, uh, one month ago two months that's in january yes uh so launching of the ethical lex work where that will be the hub for the african region where we can build on this climate and innovation hub where the, we can build the work with a lot of entrepreneurs there and also in the region. So similarly, uh, in European region, so we have set up our, it's a like is a homegrown uh, setup we, where we wanted to replicate these things that we have experienced at other regions with, with yeah. the, the help of local communities there. So that's uh, that. And also we are working a lot on this uh, the loss and damage work and the climate-induced migration work, the research work. So uh, there are a couple of country partnerships that we, uh, they, we they were willing to sort of part, partner with us. There are a lot of MOUs that we have signed with country partners where they, uh, when we pitched the idea, they were very interested uh, in partnering with us, focusing on the uh, this entrepreneurship aspect and as also the cultural loss aspect uh, due to climate induced uh, 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 loss and damage in the, the the migration. So we wanted to 
have these research studies at different regions where uh, where we see the common grounds where the, the actual the reason why is the climate change and so we wanted to sort of make it uh, within uh, at different regions so that's the reason why we wanted to spread the work that started from the research work the entrepreneurship work uh, the climate and innovation uh, the hub uh, work we want to replicate this this in different regions so that we see different uh, different uh, they they deal with the different uh, uh, solutions but they are working uh, working uh, with this uh, the common issue that we all are trying yeah. to address that's beautiful you know because there is it, it is one issue right it is one climate change issue um and we have that in common <laughs> um but every region or every country might need to go about solving it in a different way right and that i think that's perfectly said it's so exciting um to see these mous pop up in different regions and different countries um if you don't mind i'm not sure how much you can share about this but how are those mous structured memorandums of understanding you know are are they is it just a a, a vague document that allows you to set up a climate hub um in partnership with the government in that country um or how do you think about the structure of you know partnering in different in different parts of the world it's it's mainly for the the research studies that we are planning to do with the with the with the communities and with partnering with the government where we see uh uh where they also see the need of these aspects uh, address these aspects in their region and also even the entrepreneurship work uh, the the ethical ex work they see the 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 value and the uh, the reason why they also need this concept to be uh, tried out in their region and then and even the research work so based on those aspects uh, we have um, uh, uh, built on these MOUs where we can closely work with with the fellow fellows that there's this fellowship uh, program as well where we also yeah. get them involved the uh their 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 local uh people also involved with the the process so that they 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 get the the knowledge and the technical we we, we are working on building their capacities technical capacities so they also to get the technical know-how uh on these aspects so that's those are the the the, the main basis that we yeah uh, yeah. And that's been a more recent development, the uh, the fellowship program, right? Where you're, and it, it seems like it's, I just saw one today with a young woman from the Maldives, right? Yes. So it's in each of these places where you're thinking about building a partnership, you're mm -hmm. also inviting fellows from those different parts of the world to basically be, um, I don't know, how would you say, it's almost like a, a bridge between Slycan and the country and the community right that's great very cool awesome at different places i mean the, we have been focusing on the cultural aspect cultural loss aspect due to climate change uh and also the climate induced migration work loss of damage work so there are different aspects that we speak on at different places but yeah. uh it's it's but the, the 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 idea is very sort of common uh, idea that we are working for this common uh yeah uh but, Great. Well, I have 
maybe one more question and then um and I, I'd love to uh to hear your thoughts on so many more things but <laughs> in in time that that will come um so I'm curious in general you know you've been to what you know 10 cop conferences now um you've been to uh different UN UNF triple C events in different parts of the world like Bonn um and then you've also been working on the ground with with Slycan um I'm curious how you see the best methods for solutions to climate change coming about right you guys work across so many different types of channels and avenues but um, I'm curious if you've seen a strategy emerge where you're doing research, you're figuring out solutions, you're getting them out in the world. How do you see that playing out in the global context? Because we, I... no worries. Is everything okay? Yeah, everything is okay. I think I lost the connection. I think. <laughs> okay. Well, I only have I have one final question for you, and then I'll I'll I know it's late in the night at your time. So, um, thank you so much just for for carving out this time for us. Um, but I'm curious now, especially since what you've been to ten COP conferences and you know different types of <laughs> crazy. You've been to many different working sessions with the UNFCCC. Um, you know, before and after COP, but you're also working, you know, directly in communities across the world with research-based, um, evidence-based research with accelerator programs, entrepreneurship. You know, I'm curious how you see the method for developing climate solutions um, becoming most successful. You know, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, when we were in Egypt, but I'm curious for for your perspective on that landscape um, and where you see most change happening, um, you know, in the time that we need it to happen. Um, it's uh, it's actually a sort of a great chance that we uh, have because we have the opportunity to work with these ground level people who are actually the. The first layer of the first set of layer of people who are actually facing climate adverse impacts of climate change in real life when it comes to the let's say for the agriculture sector or uh, the any 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 given sector so we had the we had the opportunity to sort of work with them and then actual uh the uh, speak about their issues, what they're facing, how they're facing these adverse impacts of climate change, and with the grassroots level, with the different different sectors, uh, you know, starting from entrepreneurs to agriculture sector, people, the people who are in the food system uh, sector, and also with the youth. And and across many, many sectors, we had the opportunity to speak about it, and also about the people and even the financial sector. So, so we are getting the, the experience from those aspects by by uh, working with these uh, multi-stakeholders in different sectors. And when it comes to the at the policy aspect, the policy level, the negotiation work, that's where a lot of conversations are happening. 
uh, and also where they take the decisions. So we had the, I personally had the opportunity to sort of discuss these things, the first level experience at the policy table where and um, uh, uh, any other person might not have this first-hand experience dealing with these people and started from the ground levels and different stakeholders. So I see that as an opportunity where we can make uh, very meaningful inputs to these discussions, uh, start from the, the, the negotiations as well. So those things I see as positive aspects of it, uh, where we get to uh, speak the first-hand experience and then getting, uh, when we are doing the compiling this policy work, so we are getting the, the opportunity to get the, you can't say the right solution, at, at least the solution that may uh, uh, help major faction of the society, major faction of these the areas. So that's something that I see as a positive side uh, when you work uh, in the non-state uh, actors as part of the non-state actor work and also with the other stakeholders plus in the in this sphere of negotiation yeah. at the policy table. So those are the things I see as positive aspects. Uh, I like if, your positive attitude. <laughs> I answered your question right. Um, it's a great, it's a great answer, and I, I think there's a lot of um, pessimism, or uh, you know, people who are a little skeptical of the the big COP conferences because they think it's theatrical and you know not a lot gets done. But I'm optimistic that we have people like you that are a part of the delegations and are actually at the table negotiating um, with world leaders. Because like you said, you have had the opportunity to not just be a politician, <laughs> but to actually be you know, working with communities on solutions and bring that firsthand experience to the table. So thank you for the work you're doing, Kavindu. And thank you for, for spending this time and, and sharing a little bit about your story with us today. For getting me involved in the dream work and also the working group work i'm very excited i also uh, met a couple of uh, the people you sort of it was sort of a set of people sort of handpicked by you in different uh, who are working at different uh, yeah. sectors and aspects so it's a, it's a it's a very lovely space where we can sort of discuss because each and everyone has different they have different experiences on different aspects, but but that has been a platform where we, we can speak and share our experience based on the, the work we have done in the past and what we are doing at the moment. So that, yeah. that's, a, a, that's a good platform where we see a lot of people. Thank you, Kavindu. Uh, and we'll definitely have some more chances to work together um, I have a couple ideas that I'm going to run by you, especially around the food space um, that a few members of the group are working on already. And I need to, to loop you into that. So um, more to come on that. But thank you for your time today. And um, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thomas. Thank you.